Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Joe Zimmel and Valerie Friedman. This is where we live. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel. Entrepreneurs know creativity is important to success, especially if your venture is one of a kind in the town or city where you live. Coming up, we check in with Connecticut native Colin Kaplan, whose party bike is turning heads on New Haven streets. But first, summertime means summer music, and on this Friday, we're profiling Connecticut musicians. Audio Jane is a 90s-inspired rock band based in Hartford. Earlier this year, the band released their first full-length album called Naive, which includes this song, Atmosphere. That's Audio Jane. And in studio with us today are three of its members, Sarah Peck, David Sissiot, and Mike Goldberg. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. So tell us a little bit, Sarah, I'll start with you. You're the lead vocalist of Audio Jane. Um, I mentioned you're Sarah. There's Mike. There's Dave. There's also a couple of other band members. Tell us about them, and how did you come up with the name Audio Jane? Um, so yeah, not in the studio with us today are uh, Jesse Perkins, our bass player, and Mark Cote, our drummer. And... Um, this lineup has been playing for a couple of years with the, the name uh, Audio Jane. It, we were looking for a band name, and I was at a bank ATM, and I saw an Audio Jack. And I was like, oh, Audio Jane, that works. So, um, yeah, that's how it came about. Now, Dave, I understand that your music is uh, labeled atmospheric rock. Mm-hmm. For people who don't know that, because I grew up with indie rock, grunge sure. rock, alternative, but atmospheric. Tell us more about that genre. Well, I, th- I mean, I think in a way it comes out influenced from something like Radiohead. Uh, if, if, and so putting lots of some effects, uh, some some atmosphere behind the music. I mean, Sarah writes these wonderful songs. And so as the band, we just want to kind of have a uh, some something floating in the background as, as, uh, as it's playing. That's in our electric situation, not here in our acoustic, but... And we're going to hear uh, more music off your CD, uh, more of the electric version, but we like that you're going to be able to play for us in just a little bit here in studio. But tell me how you all met. I understand you're all Connecticut natives. Sarah? Yeah, so I actually met Mike in high school, and we ended up connecting much later on uh, a couple years ago, and I I asked him to record these songs that I had floating around because the previous lineup of the band had broken up. And um, we started as a recording project, and at the time I... Um, was singing in a metal band where Mark was the drummer and so we asked him to play on some of the recordings and um, we thought well we should start playing live and put a band together so we found Jesse on Craigslist and then David actually auditioned for um, a previous lineup of the band as the drummer and uh, but he's really good at guitar so. I wasn't a good drummer <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> you were okay <laughs> but yeah so he joined us on guitar and um, it's been great and Mike, tell us about a little bit about yourself and, um, again, how you met all of these uh, band members. Um, well, like Sarah said, we met in high school. I think it was actually junior high. Yeah. Um, but uh, And then I've been around Simsbury uh, for, for a while, lived in Vermont. And then when I came back to Simsbury, I started uh, pretty recording, and, uh, and that's when Sarah called me. And then I met Mark and... 
and then uh, found Jesse on Craigslist, and then they introduced me to Dave. Uh, when we've had other musicians on the show, we, we always hear that their love of music started at a young age. When did you guys all discover that you, know, you love to play and perform, Dave? Uh, I mean, I remember being probably like in second, third grade, and at that time, I, I think my parents had me playing the, the saxophone. Uh, I didn't really like that, but I remember having a tennis racket and pretending to play guitar, and I was like, yes, this is, this is what I want to do. And then as soon as, uh, around that time also was when I, when I started you know, hearing albums for the first time, and I just gravitated toward them and never really stopped. Uh, so that's me. And Sarah? Um, I used to sing in the church choir as a kid, and then I played viola in the orchestra, and then um, I think the stand-up bass player in the orchestra I thought was so cool, and he played uh, electric bass as well. So I was like, I should play electric guitar. And I started uh, playing that and doing open mics at LaSalle's in Collinsville. They still do that open mic too, so I uh, started performing that way. Did Were you in um, bands in high school with your, with your friends? Yeah, I- I think in middle school I was in a band and we got to play at the like the formal end of the year dance and w- the whole thing was like a disaster but <laughs> we learned you know learn the lessons of what what happens when you're trying to get ready for a show and get used to sort of solving problems on the fly and, and everything but yeah and then all, and then high school and college uh, and beyond <laughs> I mentioned that all of you are from Connecticut, and at the time we heard from Mike, you had moved away, you came back. Why come back to Connecticut? Well, I mean, family roots, I think that's one thing. And then uh, some, lot, I mean, I grew up in West Hartford, and a lot of people I grew up with, we all went away. And then after going away, for whatever reason, you say, I want to come, I want to come back and settle down here. And uh, yeah, the rest is history. The rest is history. <laughs> Sarah? Yeah, I uh, lived in California for a while, and, um, you know, that was really far from my family, but also it felt like the same day (laughs) all the time. I kind of (laughs) like the Connecticut landscape and the seasons and uh, just, you know, family and friends, too. Is it hard to balance uh, this this band with your your day jobs? And tell us a little bit more about what you do on the side uh, and what it's like to have a band, find places to play, uh, grow your audience. Um, So I'm a property claims adjuster uh, by day, and I actually find that it's a good balance. They have the security of the the day job and um, this creative outlet, and it's it's pretty flexible, actually. I really look forward to band after work. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, like the highlight of my week. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, uh, well, you could call it a hobby, but it's it's obviously more than that. Uh, But yeah, I I do accounting and financial analytics for a local company here in Hartford, and then at night, I go out and play music, mostly here around Hartford. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's just for the love of it, really. This is where we live. In studio with us are members of the band Audio Jane. And they're going to be playing for us in just a little bit. But I wanted to ask you about your, your first album uh, released, I believe, earlier this year, Naive. Tell us about that and I guess the, the why you chose that name. Um, wow. <laughs> I don't know why we chose the name. I think it just was a... You know, seemed like a catchy title from the the song. Actually, we're going to play later is the title track off of it. So um, that song just kind of stood out. And um, the songs I had written a while ago, you know, some of the songs were some of the first songs that I ever wrote. And I just wanted to have a final recorded version of them, I guess, before moving on. So it's kind of a collection of songs that are about lots of different things that I wrote, um, you know, different periods of my life that are all kind of coming together 
on this album. It was really exciting to have it completed finally. How long did it take you again to uh, do that full length album? You know, since I met Mike, he's been amazing. I mean, he's a he's great at recording and producing. And we actually released our EP last was it last July, right? And then um, in April we released Naive. So Mike's been just getting it done. We've been doing an album a year. We've got another one. We'll be uh, doing this winter to record. And um, yeah, so it's it's been a year an album pretty much. Nice. Album of Year. <laughs> well, I want to. I don't want to tease our listeners anymore. I think they want to hear you play again. Audio Jane members Sarah Peck, David Sissiot, and Mike Goldberg are going to perform the title track of their album Naive uh, live in WNPR Studio Three. Let's hear.
That's Audio Jane, members Sarah Peck, David Sissiot, and Mike Goldberg performing live here on Where We Live. Uh, the song is called Naive. Also, the, it's the name of their, their first full-length album. Sarah, tell us about that song. What, what, what were you thinking when you were writing it? We heard Dave say that you're a great songwriter. Um, what are your influences? Um, so I, I listen to completely different music than maybe what we sound like, but uh, when I was growing up, I listened to a lot of the bands that we get compared to all the time, which are like Nirvana, Mazzy Star, I used to do it, open mics all the time, um, the Cranberries, uh, and then now I listen to, I've been listening to the same song for like two months over and over on repeat, but uh, that's a Ryan Adams song, I like, you know, Tame Impala, all different kinds of influences and such, but that song was a uh, you know kind of like as many of the albums or songs on the album rather are about uh, failed relationships. So it was just sort of the hesitance to um, get into something, knowing that you know nothing lasts forever. It's often that when we listen to people um, that are musicians, it's it seems that that it would be common sense that we're talking about our relationships, maybe relationships with someone um, that we've spent a long time with or family. Um, how do you decide? Do you ever, like, not talk about those things, but, like, maybe something more carefree, something that what, that we may not think about when you're writing a song? Sometimes. I mean, it's funny how the—I I think none of the songs are about any one particular thing, but I have had a couple of songs um, where it's more like an image almost that I—like, A Thousand Miles, which we'll play later. I kind of had this image of, uh, like, John Wayne riding a horse off into the sunset. And then, you know, it's kind of about relationships, too, but I had that— image in my head when I was writing it. And Dave, how do you collaborate with Sarah and the others with uh, with writing these songs? Sure. Well, so Sarah comes up with the lyrics and what the chords are. Uh, a lot of times she'll record them as, as a demo and then she'll bring them in. So then at that point, it's really, uh, you know, we have three guitar players. So there's a lot of guitars going on in the band. So it's it's kind of our job to really arrange them. Uh, so for, then the drummer, Mark, comes up with the beats. Uh, Jesse lays down, obviously, the bass. And then, um, you know, Mike and I have have worked really well together just trying to play off each other on the guitars. And, and then Sarah kind of does the the rhythm guitar piece of it. So, so far, it's been pretty organic just the way it song comes in. We learn it. We like it. We start playing it as a full group in our rehearsal space. And there it is. That's the song. How often are you rehearsing and where do you rehearse? We rehearse once a week, roughly, and it's out in Terraville at the mill out there. It's a, There's a lot of stuff out. Well, I wouldn't say a lot of stuff, but there's a lot of stuff at the mill. So we have a, we have a big rehearsal space where we even put on shows sometimes. We'll have other bands come in and, and play there. And uh, that's where Mike's recording studio is. He's recorded a few albums there. Uh, so there's a lot going on in Terraville. Sarah, do you like being compared to, to Mazzy Star or the Cranberries? Oh, yeah. I mean, I um, love those bands growing up. Mazzy Star, you know, Hope Sandoval has a, a beautiful voice and just the style I, I really like. And the Cranberries write great songs, so it's definitely a compliment. And Dave, what bands influenced you growing up? Uh, growing up, <laughs> I, I think I went from being into like metal in my early days and then kind of moving on to prog rock and listening to you know a lot of radio shows where they would play that type of stuff, learning about, you know, just those old 70s bands, and I think that really uh, is what I grew up on. Uh, and then and then it's just a matter of 
investigating and finding out more. And there's always there's always new music to find out about in the world and even just here at home, like you know, local bands and and stuff. That uh, so uh, I think all of us love music, and we're always just listening to new things and trying to find new stuff. Mike, can I ask you about your influences? Mm-hmm. Um, I like the band Beach House. Um, I like Cat Stevens. Uh, I also like some heavier stuff, Nine Inch Nails, Tool. And um, I like all the bands that I produce and work with. I listen to them probably the most. I was thinking back to you know the music I listened to growing up, and back then, like you would run out and get the CD. But the music industry like has changed so much. I mean, how do you get the word out about um, the music you do, and to to get people to come to your shows? I mean, obviously, social media probably plays a part. Oh yeah, Dave um, just took over our social media because I am not very good at it. But um, Twitter, uh, we just got a Twitter account yeah. and um, Instagram. We're on Facebook. I think you were actually one of our early followers oh. on Twitter. So that, that was like, whoa, we got we got a celebrity following us. <laughs> well, many, many bigger people will probably be following you in just a little bit, David. Uh, but I wanted to play, um, have you actually have our listeners hear um, a more of a harder version of, of your music. Uh, we're going to play another song um, off of your album, Naive. I think this is called Gone for Good. Before we um, hear the music, can you tell us about the song? Um, yeah, it's a, another song about a failed relationship. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to hear Gone for Good off the album Naive. Again, members of Audio Jane, a Hartford-based uh, rock band, in studio with us here on Where We Live. Here's the, here's the song, Gone for Good.
This is where we live. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel. Today we're featuring the music of Audio Jane, a rock band based in Hartford. Their new album is Naive, and we've got three members of the band in studio with us today, Sarah Peck, David Sissiot, and Mike Goldberg. Uh, their first full-length album is Naive, released earlier this year. We're going to hear another song off of that CD called Starry Eyes.
This is Where We Live. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel. You're hearing music from the Hartford-based group Audio Jane. Three members are in studio with me, Sarah Peck, David Sissiot, and Mike Goldberg. Sarah, I wanted to go back to you because we were talking about the 90s, and there were a lot of female-fronted bands back then. Um, how has that uh, worked out for getting people to come out to hear you? Because, again, it's a, a female vocalist, lead vocalist, and four uh, band members, um, and talking about your influences and how you like to have, be compared to people like Mazzy Star and the Cranberries. Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely listened to a lot of female artists growing up, which was really, really cool. I listened to, you know, some of like Riot Girls stuff, Bikini Kill, um, whole like um, the old stuff and um, I don't know, L7, all of that. Uh, but yeah, being being a female fronted band, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what it's like to be a male fronted <laughs> band, but um, I think you see your audience responding to your voice. You've got a lovely voice. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, our audience is, is very supportive of us. We have some diehard fans and I don't know, Dave might have a better understanding of uh, the difference between like the female fronted thing versus because uh, Dave actually fronts his own uh, project. Uh, well, I, I know like, so I, yeah, I, have, I have a separate band where I, I front it, but so I, like on social media on that one, you know, I'm like the, the front guy. But then when I'm running Audio Janes, th- most people think I'm Sarah online. So, <laughs> you know, that, that's that's different in a way. But uh, um, yeah, I, I think a lot of times, I mean, Sarah has such a great voice. So, you know, I'll be just talking to friends or acquaintances and say, oh, I play with this band, Audio Jane. Then we'll play them, uh, you know, give them a CD or something and they'll listen to it and say, Say, wow, that's 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 terrific. That's better than I, I expected. I'm not never sure how to take that, but you know. So, uh, yeah, people have responded great. The songs are catchy. She has a great voice, and uh, I, I think the band we all like each other a lot, and uh, we we really enjoy playing with each other. So I think just through the music, hopefully that that translates through and kind of gives an energy, and people want to hear more. What is the local music scene like when we look at bands in Connecticut? I mean, it feels like there's lots more like folk folk artists out there. I mean, you're definitely, um, you know, a harder band to, to listen to. I mean, we like the electric sound, one of the reasons why we invited you into the studio. But we're giving people a, 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 an ability to hear you play an acoustic. Mm-hmm. But do you often play acoustic or is it definitely the electric We've done one acoustic show before, <laughs> and that was uh, with uh, our bass player, Jesse, and, and uh, me and Mike. Um, so this is a, a completely different lineup for us. We may do it more. I don't know. It, it's fun uh, mixing it up a little bit. There are, there are opportunities. Uh, there, there's a lot of opportunities here in Hartford to begin with. So, you know, we, we get to play out. There's a number of venues and just opportunities to play electric but at the same time yeah, there's there's a ton if 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 we turn the volume down and play acoustic uh you know sometimes I'll go out and not, like I met the guys from the uh, the professors of sweet sweet music and this was like 2 years ago I just kind of showed up started talking to them it was an acoustic thing and just started playing with them uh and and now every once in a while I'll sit and, and play with them so there's you know there's there's the acoustic um, here in Hartford where you, you can go out and play restaurants and quieter spots uh, and, then, and as I said the, the electric as well there's just there's a I don't know if people always know how much there is in Hartford music wise to do all you need to do is go and look for it between bands venues even music on Pratt or up on Constitution Plaza you know during my lunch hour there's, there's always stuff going on do you feel like uh, New Haven gets more attention they definitely get more attention uh but I like Hartford more. 
Now, when we talked a little bit about your influences, when you're playing, Dave, I mean, who do you want to emulate when you're when you're playing? Um, so I, I guess like I don't I don't use a pick when I play. So I think that kind of there are certain guitar players who I, I try to be like. I'm nowhere near as good as the, you know, like a guy like Richard Thompson. Like if I could even be a fifth as good as he is, uh, and you know, I'm, I'm always out looking at just for different things. As far as the atmospheric stuff, go, going back to the '70s and like you know, like a guy like Steve Hillage who was in a band called Gong, and Steve Hillage kind of just invented in a way a lot of ambient stuff, uh, ambient music, uh, along with like Brian Eno, but. Hillage was a guitar player, so he's, he's a big influence uh, as well. We're going to hear you play acoustic in, in just a couple of minutes, but Sarah, I wanted to ask you, you know, what are some of the, who are the other bands that you play with and who you collaborate with uh, to get the word out about Audio Jane? Yeah, so we have a, a really supportive local music scene. We've, we've made friends with a lot of other bands, and Mike um, actually just recorded. We have two bands down the hall. We have a lot of bands down the hall, but um, two that we're really close with are uh, Harry Streaker and Mike just recorded... Um, that an album for them is called Volumes. They actually did a guest vocal track on there. It's an excellent album. And then an associated band with that is uh, Record Affair, and they're in the studio right now recording. Um, but we've also played a lot of shows with like the Super Scenics, mm-hmm. Robot IQ, and we have one coming up uh, with the Lonesome Wild at the Night Owl on August 26th. And those guys are great. We just did a show at our uh, practice space with them. And um, yeah, and they're all you know based out of Hartford. Super Scenics, uh, one of the drummer for the Super Scenics plays in uh, the Hartford Hot Several, and you know they show up everywhere. <laughs> you, you never know when they're going to show up. We know one of those Hartford <laughs> yeah. Hot Several members, or a few of them. <laughs> so I want to ask you if you don't mind playing uh, the song "One Thousand Miles" off of your uh, album again, Naive. This is Audio J. Got yourself into deep You've been running Pace you can't keep There are words you can't say But it's understood Say them if you could
You keep going on your own. Thousand miles to go. You walk alone. That's Hartford-based Audio Jane here on WMPR's Where We Live. I wanted to ask uh, our one of the band members here, Mike uh, Goldberg. I understand uh, uh, you're playing the the ebos. Can you describe that for pe- listeners mm-hmm. who aren't familiar with that? Uh, sure. It's uh, it's just this little thing that you hold over your string, and uh, does, uh, has a battery battery operated, and it vibrates the vibrates the string. It really creates a unique sound uh, in your in your songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they love it. They always tell me to use it. <laughs> That's part of the atmospheric yeah. quality. It's yeah. our cowbell. <laughs> <laughs> so I say more Ebo, more Ebo. More Ebo. <laughs> uh, and now you, how do you get um, get certain gigs? So I know you play out a lot in Hartford. A few times I've seen you um, on on your social media playing in Boston. I mean, how do you get those gigs? And who are the people that are coming to your shows? Um, so sometimes we reach out to venues directly, and then you kind of build up, um, you know, sometimes it's just about relationships, meeting people from gigs, and then they're like, oh, you know, um, would you like to play this? And uh, social media has helped us a lot. Uh, we're doing the Glassberry Apple Harvest In Festival. October, right. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was through social media. We were just, we had just started Twitter, uh, connected with Chip McCabe, because we were talking about his uh, his new book about heavy metal, and we kind of were just going back about different bands. And so he listened to us, liked us, finally met him in person, and, and then he offered that uh, Glastonbury Apple Harvest Festival. But in general, yeah, relationships is how you start getting the shows. I think uh, social media really helps a lot. Uh, one, of, one of the shows we played was at um, the Hanging Hills Brewery right here in Hartford, and that's because Joe, the owner, just kind of literally reached out to me on Twitter I had gone there because it's right near where I work, but I, I didn't really know him. And so, you know, he, he reached out. And, and then in addition to that, like just here in Hartford, we've played Half Door cause through, through relationships, uh, The Night Owl uh, or Sarah's Coffee. And I think that's, probably, that, that's mainly because I just go in there and get coffee during my lunch hour. And they were kind enough to let us play there in June, and now we're going back in uh, the end of August. We just heard from a listener, just a, a quick call before he hung up. Uh, his name's Billy. says he's a big fan, and he's rooting for you, Audio Jane. He wants to see you succeed. I want to ask you about your future plans. Again, your first full-length album, Naive, out earlier this year. Uh, what are you working on now? Um, so I actually recorded the the whole next album. It's been a busy writing year for me, and I um, I recorded it all on GarageBand on my iPad, just myself, all the demos, and I released it as um, Fuzz Puppy. The demos are, are online, but those are all the future Audio Jane songs, and it's kind of neat to see the progression, at least to me, um, like the original song, and then how the band adds and like restructures and just, you know, adds adds the magic to the song, I guess. So um, we'll be recording. Michael, do it again, I think. Um, we'll be recording this winter. Uh, take a break from gigging and, and work on that project. 
Well, it's been a real pleasure to have you in studio with us. Again, this is Audio Jane. And before we head out, I just want to let our listeners know if they tune in, they go on to Facebook, we're going to see a Facebook Live performance from Audio Jane if you just search for At Where We Live right after the show ends. But before you go, if you could play one more song for us, uh, this I think is called Oceans. And again, I want to thank uh, vocalist Sarah Peck, David Sissiot, and Mike Goldberg. This is Where We Live. Give you the ocean Everything in between If you come out into the water Swim out deep with me Give you the ocean Everything in between If you come out into the water Swim out deep with me This is where we live. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel. 
You're hearing people on the Elm City Party Bike. That was just last night. It's the first of its kind in Connecticut, reportedly in New England, having launched onto the streets of New Haven earlier this year. Co-owner Colin Kaplan joins us from WNPR's New Haven studios to tell us more about this venture. Colin, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. We heard about uh, the uh, party bike uh, from a WNPR intern who actually lives in New Haven, and she's from Nashville. She says she sees these all the time, and we haven't seen it yet up here in Hartford. Tell us about where this idea came from, Colin. Sure. Um, yeah, my business partner, Christian uh, Brockhart, uh, came up with the idea a few years ago. Saw it in Asheville, North Carolina. And I had originally seen it about 10 years ago in uh, Austin, Texas. And we kind of imported an idea from the Southlands <laughs> to bring up to uh, good old New England. How how difficult was it to come up with, um, I guess, the business plan to get this on the streets of, of the Elm City? Well, yeah, it's a, it was an interesting mix of um, shopping for the right bike, figuring out you know if there was actually a um, kind of a market for this, and and there and there certainly has been. Uh, my existing business, Taste of New Haven, was kind of a, a segment um, to you know run off and try and see if you know a pedaled party bike would actually work, and uh, it's kind of um, taken over in a way our lives. Describe because we're on the radio. Describe what this uh, wagon pedal bike looks like, and what's been the reception in New Haven? Sure, this is a like a trolley. It's like an open air trolley. Fifteen passengers sit. They pedal. They sit at little uh, thin kind of counters, and uh, there's a center aisle that we can serve from, and uh, it rides around open, so people can literally talk to people in cars. Sometimes there's high fives um, if they don't. High five us, people get yelled at sometimes. And, uh, you know, it's generally a party on wheels and, and a really good way to see the city. Um, it's a sightseeing thing. And uh, the response, you ask, <laughs> <laughs> it's been phenomenal. We, uh, we never anticipated working uh, 15 tours a week. So. Any, any complaints from city residents or city officials worried about, you know, how you navigate this safely on the busy streets of New Haven at times, the idea people are, are actually drinking on, on the party bike. They're not necessarily driving. There is actually a, another person at the helm. Oh, thank God. Yeah. One of us. One of us who's uh, nice and sober and trained is driving it. But uh, we, we take any complaints seriously. And, you know, obviously anything new is going to be different. And it's very obvious when you see this thing on the road. And, um, you know, we, we are very much uh, community-oriented, and um, in that way, we always try to make sure that we're doing the right thing for the city, and and, uh, and it is a big party, and, you know, this is all about a little bit of fun and a little bit of control and safety at the same time. Uh, speaking of city officials, uh, someone who works for the city of New Haven is on the line right now. Um, you probably know him, Doug uh, Hausladen, Director of Transportation, Traffic, and Parking at the city of New Haven. Doug, thanks for calling in. Good morning. How are we today? Uh, we're doing well. So what's the city's uh, take on the Elm City party bike and what it brings to uh, Elm City? Well, you know, Mayor Harp and the city of New Haven were recently listed number one for startups in uh, in the country. And uh, we see this as a great startup that's invigorating downtown and bringing a lot of health vitality and, and more importantly, history to the to the mix. I think Colin, being a natural historian and, and professional uh, architect and historian, can really highlight downtown's treasures uh, around uh, the city and on the city party bike as well. 
Uh, tell us more about that, Colin. When you're taking people around, you and your business partner, partner Christian Brookhart, I believe, um, you're actually showing people uh, landmarks, talking about the city. I understand you're a native. Uh, that Talk about how that comes into play when people are on the Elm City party bike. Sure. First off, hi, Doug. I didn't know you were going to be here today. Good morning, um, Good morning. So, um, yeah, we, you know, my background and Christian's background is both from the same street. We grew up on Ellsworth Avenue in New Haven. Uh, we're, we were born and bred and stayed here, you know, and, and we're, uh, we're really about, you know, creating experiences in New Haven and better experiences. Um, my background's architecture and history. Um, putting all this together, we do a history tour. We do a ghost tour. We do, um, you could do an architecture tour, and we've definitely been able to show off um, some of the highlights and cultural attractions the city has to offer. I mentioned that you're an entrepreneur. You've got lots of uh, projects, as you just mentioned, uh, uh, the other things that you're working on. Uh, a very busy person. Why Connecticut? Why come back? Why stay? Because, again, we hear this narrative often that young people, young people like yourself, your business partner, they don't want to be here in Connecticut. Yeah, you know, that's a good point. A lot of my friends live all around the world, and we do live in a wonderful planet. <laughs> but I like home, and I think home is where I could develop my skills. And um, believe it or not, I do encourage people to go other places. But that's all about finding oneself and finding what you're, you know, what you're supposed to do. And what I was supposed to do was to be here and, and you know, and help build the community here. And I, I, love, I love Connecticut because it's full of history it's got great people. It, we're so close to nature, and uh, and it's just a good business environment for what we do. Um, it's great for small business, believe it or not. Um, as a, a business owner, you know, are there things that Connecticut can do to help you? Sure. Um, send us more people. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's been a pleasure to learn more about the Elm City Party Bike. Again, Colin Kaplan is co-owner of this party bike that you may see when you're uh, driving around New Haven uh, in the next few days. If people are interested in learning more about the Elm City Party Bike, uh, including like how they want to book it for their next party, where do they go, Colin? Sure. Um, you can go right to our website, elmcitypartybike.com. And um, otherwise, you may see it or hear it on the street. Uh, but it, we understand, you know, it's people ask, hey, can we just hop on? And we do. Um, we were really welcomed by uh, the city of Milford, and we've got hop-on tours this weekend um, in Walnut Beach. So, um, you know, as we grow, um, you'll see us in more cities, um, possibly in the Hartford area, in the Stanford area, and you never know, in your small little village as well. Well, I want to thank Colin Kaplan again, co-owner of the Elm City Party Bike in New Haven. He joined us today from the studios of WMPR Studios in New Haven. Thanks so much for your time, Colin. Thanks, Lucy. I want to do a special thanks also to Diane Orson in New Haven. Our show today was produced by Lydia Brown and Carmen Baskoff. Special thanks to also digital team with Tucker Ives. And please stick around. Go to Where We Live's Facebook page for a Facebook Live, a special performance from our earlier guest, Audio Jane. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel. Have a great weekend.